Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. Did you know that their first app, Product Upsell, is also one of the most popular apps on Shopify ever? It should be. It lets you wildly increase your average order value while providing more value to your customers. It does it by creating targeted upsell offers when customers add to cart or checkout. Then with its built-in analytics, you can track what upsells work and which ones don't. In fact, most stores say it pays for itself in the first week. So for example, say you sell digital cameras, someone adds a camera to cart, gets to checkout, product upsell kicks in and says, hey, wouldn't you want to add a tripod to that? And some people say, yes, I would like a tripod, that's a great idea. And there, you've added value to their order and increased your average order value. If you want to try product upsell out for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. The unofficial Shopify podcast also gets support from our friends at Rewind. So you probably back up your important computer files, right? But what about your Shopify store? Not many store owners realize that Shopify doesn't have a way to recover deleted items for individual store owners. Rewind fixes that. So if you've used Time Machine for the Mac, it's like that, but for Shopify. Rewind backs up your products and product images, themes and theme assets, customers, orders, collections, pages, blogs, blog articles, comments, and more. And then if anything happens to them, say an employee makes a mistake or an app that you've installed has a bug, Rewind can help you rewind back to the way things were. They've got a five-star rating in the Shopify App Store and are backing up an insane 100 million items for thousands of Shopify stores right now. And here's the best part. It starts at just five bucks a month. You can get a free 14-day trial of Rewind by going to ecommerce-bootcamp.com slash rewind. Today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we're talking about the 800-pound e-commerce gorilla, Amazon. So I've got uh, probably like one-fifth of our new clients are from Amazon and that they validated their idea on Amazon and then decided to start their, their own store. And then from there, um, we've got a lot of people say, hey, Kurt, should I sell on Amazon? And I always say, yeah, if you can't beat them, join them. Go sell on Amazon. But then, okay, and they say, well, what's next? And I have no idea. I have never sold anything on Amazon. I've set up Fulfilled by Amazon. I think it's very cool. But beyond that, I don't know. But I do have, I've got someone with me who does know. Kiri Masters from Bobsled Marketing, who is a Amazon, who runs uh, a Amazon marketing agency uh, and has her, her own Amazon, uh, brand on Amazon. I like that lamp and has tried a lot of tools and strategies and is going to share those with us today. So we can dive into it and really get a, a better handle on what's going on with, with Amazon as a marketplace for Shopify store owners. Kiri, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Kurt. It's great to be here. So tell me, um, what, how, what has your success on Amazon been like? Yeah, so I, I started with um, my e-commerce brand. I like that lamp. I set that up three or four years ago. And initially, I was myself quite resistant to selling on Amazon. I thought... I wanted to create this brand experience and be more directly involved with the customer relationship and everything. So I didn't really, I didn't think about Amazon until a couple of years later. Um, and I decided why not just see what this, how this turns out, put my products up on Amazon, figured out how the system worked, did a little bit of optimization and I really saw a big increase in sales. So at that point I kind of, I was definitely a convert. And, uh, and continued to learn how to optimize and, um, use that platform to its, its fullest capability. And, uh, eventually started doing freelancing for other brands that needed help with Amazon. They were running their own online stores or selling to retail stores. 
and sort of just wanted to outsource the Amazon um, piece of their fulfillment and distribution. And from there, it was—I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of demand for help in this area. So I started to build a team, and now Bobsled Marketing, my agency, is um, 12 people that um, manage Amazon accounts on behalf of our clients, including um, optimizing their products listings, managing all of the customer service and operations, and their paid advertising campaigns on Amazon. So essentially, I could outsource a Amazon as an entire uh, marketing and fulfillment channel to you. Yes. Cool. Yeah, exactly. And that that's what is is so attractive to brands is uh, that have built a really strong e-commerce channel is that there's uh, there are so many different options to continue to grow. Right, you can continue to optimize your Shopify store and and improve the conversions and improve traffic. There's so many different ways to do that. And then there's also looking at entirely new marketing and distribution channels like selling to retail stores, selling on marketplaces, including Amazon. And so this is just one thing that a lot of brands know that the opportunity is really huge. They might, they may have even attempted to list their products and get sales on Amazon, but realize this is going to take a lot of work to really understand what's going on. So they're not mutually um, exclusive. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I don't believe I don't believe so, and I think that that's actually a common concern that um, that e-commerce store owners have is that if they list their products on Amazon, they're going to see their sales cannibalized, and I, I think that that is like a genuine and valid concern. And just to address that for a second. Um, I really believe that if, if your brand starts building momentum, that your product will end up on Amazon in some capacity. So Amazon is like a catalog where anyone can list products to sell, um, provided they have the right uh, approval to sell in that category. So there's a good chance that um, over time someone is going to get hold of your products and list them on Amazon themselves. So that's actually, there isn't anything that prevents someone from doing that. It might be a, a wholesaler or a, or a distribution partner that does that. And yeah, I've, so then seen that, I've seen that play yeah. out. I've seen, I've got seen uh, successful Shopify stores who get into yeah. Amazon because one of their wholesalers starts selling their product yes. for less on Amazon and their customers yep. are saying, I love your product. I just got it off Amazon. I'm like, what the heck? Right. So then they exactly. start selling it officially on Amazon. Or worse yet, someone starts selling a knockoff of it on Amazon. Um, and that that one's that one's grim and upsetting. So then you got to sell the real deal on there, and you're already behind because the knockoff has re- more reviews than you do starting out the gate. All right. So who who is Amazon a good fit for? What brand should consider launching their products on Amazon? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think to to what we to go back to what we were talking about before is it's a good idea to be proactive. So that's that's one situation where if you're getting any kind of traction through your online store or other distribution channels and you want to be looking at Amazon because your products will end up on there or people will ask for it. Um, so one thing that you mentioned is FBA and that's fulfilled by Amazon and it's Amazon's program where you can ship inventory to their fulfillment centers and every time a customer orders your products off Amazon, they will pick, pack, and ship the product out to the customer. They'll hold onto that inventory 
for you. They'll store it and they'll charge you a, a, fulfill, a fulfillment fee for, for doing that. And that's really attractive to brands that, um, you know, you might already have a 3PL setup. You might already be doing your own fulfillment, but to have an additional sales channel where all the fulfillment is taken care of is really attractive. Um, so to that end, there are some product types that FBA may not be suitable for from a profitability standpoint, and that is products that are priced at under $15 just because the economics of the Amazon's fee structure mean that you're paying, in most categories, 15% referral fee to Amazon on each sale. So if you're selling a product for $10, that would be $1.50 in referral fees. And then the uh, approximate like minimum fee that you would pay in FBA fees and the fulfillment fees is around $4. So on a $10 product, you're paying $5.50 in fees to Amazon right off the bat, and that's not including cost of ads or anything like that. So, I mean, if you have an amazing profit margin on that product and it only costs you five cents to acquire it and you're selling it for 10, then may- maybe the economics would make sense. But generally speaking, I would only recommend brands with products priced over $15 to get those on Amazon because it could end up costing more money. <clears throat> All right, so Amazon takes 15% from me. What do I get yep. for that? So that's the for the uh, opportunity of being on their platform and having access to their customers for them to process the transaction for you. So if you're not on Amazon, then you're probably paying Stripe or PayPal or some other payment processor, three percent, um, in in that neighborhood for for transactions. Um, and they're also providing uh, customer service for you as well and the plat- that platform. Okay, I've always wondered are amazon customers better qualified so we always say you know we want qualified traffic we want the right kind of traffic if i'm on amazon i'm already do i already have my wallet out by the time i'm looking at products you know do these are these people just more likely to convert to customers yeah that's a really great comment because pretty much anyone that's bought something on amazon has their credit cards stored in the system and certainly prime members do as well and so amazon prime is pretty ubiquitous in the states at this point half of u.s households have prime membership which is it's, it's pretty unreal. staggering i wonder how many program. people have cable right like yeah more households exactly. may have amazon prime than have cable tv yeah yeah exactly it, it's it's a pretty genius program they really they really gave amazon a hard time when they brought that out but it's become a huge deal they amazon prime members spend twice as much every year on amazon they shop more frequently. They shop across more categories, and they're very, they're they're very good customers. So, I mean, I have Prime. It's so convenient. I don't do a lot of price comparison when I shop on there. It's just because I want that product within two days, guaranteed. Um, so I definitely think that on Amazon there is a there is a higher conversion rate because people really trust Amazon as well. It's been rated as. America's number one most trusted company for like four years in a row. Yeah. Um, the, well, the customer yeah. service experience is so great. And I like, I yeah. will often, I'll think, oh, here's a product I want. I will then just, as a matter of habit, go look it up on Amazon. And I, like, right. I use a bookmarklet. So I just type Amazon, right. paste the title of the product, boom, I'm on the product page. And then once yep. I'm there, if it's the same price or less, I'll just click buy now with one click. Yeah. So exactly. one search and one click, boom. I've, and then I know I'm, I live, uh, 
like literally a 20 minute drive from the Kenosha warehouse. So I get mm-hmm. like my products just show up, the stuff shows up next day. It's unreal. Yeah, exactly. And and to go back to what you, something that you said in the introduction around, well, you can't beat them, join them. I definitely kind of see that as the, that as the, as the future for brands. Oh, for sure. So one of the, to play devil's advocate, one of the criticisms yep. I hear of Amazon, this is, I have people say, I've got this really successful Amazon business. I'm doing a million dollars a year revenue, and it's entirely through Amazon. I want yeah. to start up my own Shopify store. So, okay, great. Right. And there's the two reasons they give me are always the same. Number one, they don't own the audience, so they yep. don't have access to the email addresses. And yep. they give you, I know you can get the phone numbers out and put those, like, then you could put those in a lookalike audience to try and drive yep. traffic. But match rate on phone numbers isn't great. Um so you don't own the audience, and then the other one is, though no one has been able to cite an example, they're all terrified that they will run afoul of some policy with Amazon, mm-hmm. and Amazon will just arbitrarily pull their products. Yeah. Do you have, yeah, def- definitely. So I didn't ask a question there, but any comment on the <laughs> what's the truth of this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This, is, this isn't a silver bullet for, for every brand. And then the downsides, as you said, are you don't own the customer. Amazon owns the customer, and they're very protective of that. So you can't really, you know, they've got some of the most advanced algorithms in the world and the smartest people in the world working at Amazon. You can't really get around the, uh, trying to get in touch with customers directly but yeah you don't own them so you can't remarket to them there's limited ability to remarket to customers on amazon um and then secondly the the point around amazon shutting your listings down or shutting your account down for uh mis misdemeanors whether they're intentional or not or even true or not is a real concern so i 100 percent agree with you i don't suggest to anyone that they create an amazon only brand and um, just as much as I think that most brands should be on Amazon to at least um, uh, like uh, provide for those customers who only want to shop on Amazon, I still believe that Amaz- brands that are primarily on Amazon should be aggressively exploring other marketplace opportunities and, and their own store so they can build a, a competitive advantage over time and start building their list. Okay. And that ultimately helps help sales on Amazon anyway because then you have anytime you launch a new product you can announce it you can provide um uh, you can do promotions and things like that there there isn't any way for you to do that on Amazon besides with PPC advertising so clearly you have you've discovered a, a cottage industry around uh helping people with their Amazon listings what What's so hard about it? Like, I've never done it. I really don't know. What does it take um, to launch on Amazon to get a good product listing going? I've noticed they've, you know, from setting up Shopify stores that start with Amazon, there's definitely like a very distinct style to the um, successful product descriptions. So talk to me about that. What do I got to do if I'm, you know, a top brand? What do people do right and what do they do wrong when they start on Amazon? Yeah. So I think product listing optimization is a is a huge part of it. So the way that I, that the process that we run through is keyword keyword research and optimizing that over time. So finding out what search terms people are searching for on Amazon and including those in the back end of the listing and in the title. Very 
obviously very similar to what you would do anywhere else. And then in terms of optimizing the rest of the product listing, the title is really important. It's become very, very important to opt- to look at the first 25 characters of the product title because mobile is becoming huge on Amazon and it's becoming huge on e- huge everywhere, but it's at almost 50% of of traffic is from mobile devices and Amazon truncates the title at 25 characters. So you want to, whenever you're doing optimization of the product listing, you want to also think about how it's going to show up on mobile as well. So the product title depends on the category. There's a character limit on the product title. You want to be optimizing that for keywords and then also just to make sure it kind of captures people as they're scrolling through the search results. The other thing that's going to grab people when they're scrolling through the search results is the product image. So the main thumbnail, and then you get, um, depending on the category again, seven or nine um, product image slots, which you can use to you know, obviously show the, the product as it's uh, according to Amazon on a white background and then in the packaging. But then you can also use other kind of image image options to show to further show features and benefits of the product or maybe reviews that you've received from other platforms, um, awards and recognition, those kind of things. So definitely using all of the image slots is really a, a great idea. And then in terms of the format of the listing, you have a section where you can put five bullet points describing the product. And on mobile, you're only going to see the first three. So you want to pay particular attention to the first three bullet points to capture the attention of, of the customer, answer their immediate questions, um, and then you have an uh, additional space to put more product information in, which I'm not sure <clears throat> how many people actually read that. It's probably just going to help get people over the line if they have more detailed questions. Yeah, and then, just yeah. using my own experience, sometimes I'll get it, sometimes I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the size of the purchase. Of course, if it's a convenience buy, you might, you're not going to scrutinize it as much. Uh, the other important thing on the product page is obviously customer reviews. And those are, it's, it, there was, <clears throat> the world has changed a little bit on Amazon in the past couple of months. You used to be able to give away products for free in exchange for reviews, but that, uh, practice became very um, murky and a lot of the, this was happening to such a great extent that customers were starting to not trust the reviews that were written on Amazon because they would always see this disclaimer in the review saying, I received this product for free in exchange for my honest opinion. Right. And I, yeah, guess I see a that lot a lot of- and automatically I'm a little suspicious of it. Exactly. And that, that was a lot of people's concern. So Amazon realized that was really degrading the integrity of the review system. So they kind of banned, they banned that practice. So now it's a lot more difficult to get product reviews because, um, you know, a very tiny percentage of people end up writing product reviews. So that it can take a little while to get going on Amazon. Um, there is the option to send to send uh, messages within the Amazon system to customers to follow up with them and, and provide some customer service, ask them to leave a review, and that can that's that's fairly effective. It's better than doing nothing, but um, it's not like you can set up really robust post-purchase email 
sequences with recommended products and all of the great stuff that you can customize through your own store. Um, it's kind of just the reality of, of the world right now. So that's the, the listing optimization piece of it is, is, is part of what, what we do. And then once a listing is optimized, then you probably want to start running paid traffic to those search results. So you can start boosting traffic and conversions and get some good, um, metrics on your product pages. So Amazon will start to rank them organically as well. Um, and then there's the, the piece around operations and customer service. So one of the biggest drivers of, of sales and revenue, and it's not very exciting or sexy is just keeping products in stock and inventory management. So if you have, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, you're right. It's like, no one talks about that part, but that's probably the most important thing. They need to be able to buy the products. Exactly. It, it can have the single biggest effect on sales and it's not, it's not something that, anyone really enjoys thinking about that you'd much rather be thinking about an exciting ad campaign but it's honestly a big big part of what we do is putting those projections together and giving clients advice on how much inventory they should send in when um to make sure that they don't have stock outs now you know you're losing money every day that you have a stock out so that's a big part of big part of it as well so you have um, so for people who are now sold and think, all right, I got to jump in, I got to get on Amazon, yeah. And, and why not? Um, mm. You have two two good resources. One of them free. Uh, you've got a Facebook group. Tell me about that. Oh yeah, so the Facebook group is called Amazon Channel Mastery for Brands, and the URL. I, I can't give out the URL on the podcast because it's just a string of numbers. Right. Unfortunately. It's about those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will include the link, of course, in the show notes. Yeah. And so in that one, it, it's, it's a really fun thing for me to do. It takes a really long time. Those is round up all of the relevant news for Amazon each week and put that together in an update. Um, and that's really, that's a lot of fun. You get to see all the stuff that Amazon is working on. And then it's really for brands to brand owners and marketing managers to interact with each other and ask questions. And it's, it's pretty informal place to share news and updates and, New 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 tips trip new tips and tricks that we're working on in the agency. Yeah, these Facebook groups um, are sort of a an unsung marketing channel. I really like. Yeah, I like that I'm involved in in several, and then we started our own for this podcast, and it's really cool. Oh, right. It's just like an easy way um, for people to connect and ask questions and share what they're working on and sort of crowdsource. Um, yeah, the answer. It's cool. I like them. Um, yeah, and then you also have you have a book. What the book is uh, the Amazon expansion plan. What's that about? Yeah, so the Amazon expansion plan came out um, in November, a couple, a few weeks ago. It was funny while I was writing. The book is about how to launch a brand on Amazon, how to optimize it and take it to the next level, and also how to launch a brand in international markets using Amazon, which is compared to compared to launching from scratch in international markets very easy to do um but while writing the book amazon's changing their terms of service and processes and algorithms constantly so the number of times i had to rewrite whole sections of the book before it was published was (laughs) there was a good chance it wasn't going to end up getting getting done just because it's updating all the time so the book is the book is really comprehensive 
Um, so, but I do expect to be making a lot of updates to it over the next 12 months. And that's obviously available on Amazon. Very cool. So where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah. So Bobsled Marketing is the name of my agency. Um, you can go to bobsledmarketing.com, have a really active blog. You can, um, get the link to the Facebook group and the, and the book information is there as well as information about our, uh, management and PPC services. Very cool. And I will include all of that in the show notes. Kiri Masters, you've said it all. I have learned so much about Amazon. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was really fun. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.